We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. Oh, my goodness. The Lakers get the win over the Miami Heat. What a game. The second biggest win of the season for the Lakers. No LeBron. No AD. Troy Brown Jr. gets hurt halfway through. No Lonnie Walker. Dennis Schroeder's ankle touches the floor at Crypto.com Arena, and he puts on an iconic, just incredible performance, drops 32 points, and the Lakers win. They were The Miami Heat were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game. 112 to 109, the Lakers win. This was not what we were expecting tonight, but, man, does it feel good to see this Lakers team. A skeleton lineup here for the Lakers, missing so many players and they somehow find a way to get the job done. Just an incredible performance. Second biggest win of the season. I'll say it again. The Milwaukee Bucks game, that is still number one on my list. But this game, this is up here. I mean, talk about guts, talk about heart, talk about hustle. Everything it took for them to get this W. This was such a fun night for Lakers fans. Unexpected. I know a lot of people saw when they saw the injury report and heard the news, LeBron was not going to play out due to illness. Lonnie Walker out dealing with knee tendonitis. You're already missing Anthony Davis. They said, oh, I don't want any part of this. Man, this is why you just never know what's going to happen in sports in the Lakers. Wow. What an upset. What an upset win for the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's not even just that. I mean, this is a great night for the Lakers beyond just winning this game. You look at what else has happened in the Western Conference. The Suns lost. Okay, that helps. The Thunder lost. That helps you as well. The Spurs lost. Uh, you keep going here. Uh, the Blazers lost. Now, the Wolves did get the win. I think it, that, that game probably needed to go the other way. But the Warriors lost. The Kings lost. Right? Like, across the West, a lot of the teams the Lakers need to leapfrog over lost. And the Lakers got this improbable win. I mean, the Warriors lost to the Pistons. This was a good night for the Lakers, not just for winning this game, but for what else we saw happening in the Western Conference. I, I mean, my goodness, Lakers fans, this was this was a great night for the Lakers, and I, I can't wait to get into it with all of you and talk about this game because this is going to be a blast to talk about a game like this. Before I do, a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Of course, follow the podcast version Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Even if you're a YouTube viewer, typically you watch Lakers Nation on, on YouTube. Go follow the, the podcast as well. That way, I mean, you take a trip, you go uh, you go to the gym, you're out mowing the lawn, whatever. You can put those headphones in and you can listen to the LakersNation.com podcast. So go subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, again, wherever it is that's you listen to podcasts. And of course, make sure you head over to LakersNation.com as well. Lakers Nation credential reporters, our own Daniel Starkand is there right now in the building. Uh, he's going to be sending us video footage from there, sending us information from the building and stuff. So make sure you're checking out LakersNation.com as well. All right, lots to get into tonight. And let's, you know, I'm seeing a lot of comments coming in before I even get into them. I need to do an award. And I think this might be the first time that we've, that we've done this with this award. But let's do the superstar of the night. Superstar of the night. We typically reserve the superstar of the night to Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And more often than not, it winds up being LeBron or AD that gets it. Uh, Russ has got, I, I want to say, at least a few times this season. But it's usually LeBron or AD. And look, the seasons that we've seen from LeBron and AD, that's why. No, no surprise there. But tonight, 
I can't just give him the star in your role award. Dennis Schroeder was an absolute superstar for the Lakers tonight. 32 points, four boards, two assists, four steals. The Miami Heat as a team only had 13 turnovers. Dennis Schroeder accounted for four of them with his steals. Incredible stuff there. 12 of 14 from the free throw line. 14 free throw attempts. Four of seven from three. Dennis Schroeder is not known as a three-point shooter. Eight of 15 shooting. So better than 50% from the field, better than 50% from three. Knocked down his free throws, four steals, 32 points, his best game of the season. And then, of course, we get the unbelievable magic of Dennis Schroeder's ankle. Looking like It looked like Anthony Davis's ankle last season when he landed on Rudy Gobert's foot. That's how bad that turned ankle was. And I, I don't envy him for how that ankle is going to feel tomorrow. I don't know what that's going to mean for next game. But tonight, somehow, some way, he got up, he brushed himself off, and he played through that to help the Lakers seal this win. I mean, he's out there fighting through this ankle injury. When you add that on top of the incredible stat line, he is the superstar of the night. What a performance from Dennis Schroeder. Absolutely incredible stuff from him. I can't go anywhere else with, with this award. And, and it's not to say anything negative about anybody else on the team. That was just absolutely amazing. That, uh, that he pulled that off. Uh, I've got a, qu a question coming in here, a comment. Uh, Denitrify said, only two players could have made that pass, LeBron James and Austin Reeves. So he's talking about that final inbounds, right? Lakers have the ball, sideline out of bounds. It's only a, a two-point game, and Austin Reeves needs to inbound the ball. And I thought Austin Reeves blew it. I thought he messed up on this play. Um, Dennis Schroeder took off into the backcourt. Nobody on Miami had gone with him initially. And I thought, oh my, th there's your opportunity, right? Like the guy you want to give the ball to, because Miami's clearly going to foul. There's not much time on the clock. They're going to foul. Dennis Schroeder's your best free throw shooter on the floor. He's the guy that's been taking the technical free throws. He's the one you want to get the ball to. And not only could you get the ball to him, but he could also burn a little bit more clock because he went into the backcourt. I thought that that was the point of the play. Instead, Austin looked him off, didn't throw to Schroeder. Miami was got caught sleeping. I believe it was Oladipo. Russ cuts to the basket. Through this pass, it was an overhead zip bullet pass cross court. I don't, I don't know how it got through. I thought when he threw it, I thought my, my brain, I went, oh no. I thought this thing is getting picked off. And somehow... It sneaks through the Miami defense just bit, like half a second more. And that pass is getting picked off and it finds Russell Westbrook cutting to the basket at the rim. He scores it, gets fouled. That pretty much sealed the win for the Lakers. Incredible pass. Gutsy. I mean, it, it would, didn't take much. It wouldn't have taken much for that to go all wrong, but it worked out for, for Austin Reeves and was a heck of a pass that I agree. Only LeBron and Reeves on this team would have, and maybe Russ might have seen that, seen that pass being there and been able to execute that. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Worked out, scared the hell out of me. I was, I, when that ball was in the air, again, it, to me, it felt like time stood still because this is one of those games where you're on the edge of your seat. The clock can't run fast enough. And that was a, a scary moment, but boy, did that work out for Austin Reeves. Absolutely incredible stuff. Uh, Cliff, says huge win absolutely right cliff it, it sure was kyle hampton says wow we stole one i'll take it 
Now, again, yeah, I mean, look, this is what the Lakers need. This is how you claw your way back into the mix is you get some wins that teams aren't expecting you to, and you continue to take care of business. Now, without Anthony Davis, Lakers 6-5. and five. Without AD now, 11 games, 6-5 and five without AD. No LeBron in this one either. Remember, of those 11 games, LeBron's missed two of them, and the Lakers are 6-5. and five. That's that's pretty good. Now they've beaten they've beaten some teams that aren't very good in that stretch, and so that's something you have to note. But still, we'll take it. I mean, we will take it. This is what you need if you're the Lakers. If you're going to claw your way back into the mix, you've got to find a way to get some of these improbable wins. And for a Lakers team that, frankly, has found ways to lose games more often than not late in crunch time, we've seen that a few times this season. Great to see them hold on. When Miami got on a run in the third and, and they cut the Lakers lead, the Lakers lead was one. And then Miami got up by, I think it was five or six or so in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I was thinking, okay, that, that could be it. And credit to this team. They clawed their way back again. Dennis Schroeder making huge plays and a number of other guys as well, that which we'll get into as we go through the night here. Uh, Bruce Chang said, Lakers have beaten some good teams in a row. Give this team a chance to compete. We won with no LeBron. All this team needs is a shooter and wing depth. And when AD is back, we can turn this around. Yeah, look, this is just, if you're looking for a reason, if you're a Lakers fan, if you're the Lakers front office, if you're looking for a reason to make a trade, to add pieces to this team, to say, let's give these guys a real shot. This game goes in that column, goes in the list of reasons why, along with, hey, LeBron James, right? The season he's been having. Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, the season he's having, looking like an MVP candidate. That's that's not saying he is an MVP candidate, but that's the level of basketball he was playing. And LeBron, too, this recent stretch we've seen from him. Incredible stuff. Do you want to waste a season from them? Do you want to waste a season like that from those two players? That's certainly in the argument for why you should go do something add this game into the mix, seeing this team fight. And you just think if they've got this in them, what could they become playoff them? They, this team, it's a big if, but if they're healthy and you've got LeBron and you've got AD and they're playing at the level we've seen again, the big, big if, but if you've got that, then you can add like Bruce says here, a shooter, some wing depth, maybe even a little bit more size. This, this could be the proverbial team no one wants to see in the playoffs. This could be the team where if you're the one seed, if you're the two seed, whatever, the Lakers make it through the play-in, you're going, oh, man, how did we how did we get this draw? Because now we got to deal with LeBron and AD and they add this piece. This team could be trouble for somebody, is what I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm not saying this suddenly means the Lakers are world beaters, but I think that possibility is there. It's not a definite, but that is a realistic outcome for this team right now. And it's more reason why if there's something there on the table for you to consider, to add a little bit of firepower, to give this team a little boost, to get them solidly into that playoff mix, I think you really got to consider doing it. Really got to consider doing it if the right deal comes along. Koa said, that was an $84 million Dennis Schroeder tonight. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder infamously turning down that 84 million. Now he said he didn't, but you know, we we've all heard that that was potentially on the table, right? $84 million over four years for Dennis Schroeder um, didn't get done. And uh, instead he, you know, went into free agency and uh, did not find the deal that he wanted there. Wound up having to play for a taxpayer mid-level. Now is on a veteran minimum deal with the Lakers here again, but that look when the Lakers went and traded for Dennis Schroeder in 2021, 
they were hoping that this was the guy that they would get, that they would get somebody where when LeBron's out of the game, Schroeder can be somebody who can still get into the paint, can wreak havoc, and just create stuff on the offensive end. That's what they were hoping for. That's what they got out of him. Uh, Tully said, what a game. I was worried the refs were going to blow it for us with that foul call on Reeves at the end. Let's go. Tully, I about lost my mind with that. Now, you guys see me on here, and you guys know I'm I'm pretty calm and level-headed most of, most of the time. Um, we were doing our live stream over on playback during the game, and I, I had to kind of keep my cool there. But internally, <laughs> I was I was screaming and, th- and throwing stuff and cursing and all of that because that we're going to talk more about that moment later on in the show because you guys know what's coming. That was an absolute disaster. That was an absolute disaster, and I'm not going to say my full rant right now, but that play had me about as heated as as any play we've seen this season in terms of the officials just completely blowing it and making a mistake. That was, yeah, again, I'm not going to go all in on it right now. We're going to get to that when we get to a, you know, a certain segment in just a little bit here, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, Senpai NFT said, I just failed to see how Russ is needed. Schroeder would be an elite six man. Get us some shooting and size. My trade from months ago, Russ for Boyan, Burks, and Noel. I mean, look, Russ did some things. There were moments where Russ was off the floor and you just felt like the Lakers got stagnant on the offensive. They just didn't have enough guys. Like suddenly you wind up with JTA being asked to create something with the shot clock winding down, which is so far outside of his skill set. That's not something that you ever want to ask him to do. It's not fair to even put him in that in that position. That's just not what he does. Um, I thought we saw that, but that wasn't just a Russ thing, though. Or that wasn't just a you know LeBron and AD. That was no LeBron, no AD, no Lonnie Walker. Troy Brown gets hurt. Right? I mean, you you wound up just kind of by default having to turn to guys that you wouldn't normally otherwise. Um, by the way, before I forget, the Lakers have all these injuries, so you have hardly any players. Max Christie, you send him. I don't know if you guys saw this on the news today. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it. Max Christie, they send him to the G League. Then suddenly they announce, I'm talking about within what it was like within an hour or two, they announced LeBron is out. Lonnie Walker is out. The Lakers recall him from, from the G League. Like again, within an hour or two, they announce they're setting him down. They go, wait, 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 <laughs> never mind. They pull him back. Max Christie has to play. And Damian Jones does not. Damian Jones still does not get into this game when you have all of these players out and hurt and he's the only healthy player that does not play in this game. That says a lot, I think. And and I think it also speaks to the fact that, hey, if you do go make a trade, getting another big might not be the worst thing. It doesn't have to be. It's not a must, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. It, it, clearly, Damian Jones doesn't have the trust of the coaching staff at all. If when you're this low on play, like just this low on healthy players to put onto the floor and they still can't get them in there, you, you might as well go get somebody else at this point. Mamba mentality. What an edge of the seat win. I'm, literally, I was on the edge of my seat during the end of this game. My goodness. It's been a while since I felt like that about a Lakers game though, too. Right. Felt like, you know, you're just you're begging the clock to run a little bit faster and try to get try to get that win. Let's go Lake Show. When can we get a trade to boost the team? 19, 21, 21, 21 or 21, 22 or 22, 21. Come on, Rob, do a trade. 
Um, so when can they when can they get a trade done? So you could do a trade right now. Um, you could do a trade. You've got all the way up until February 9th to do a deal. Now, that's obviously you know, you're over a month. But the question is, what happens now in January? Because typically prices are high in December and that's that's normal. Uh, in fact, Alan Slee, when I talked about this on uh, ESPN radio last night, December prices are high uh, around the NBA. That's a, a very normal thing. January, they start to come down. And it's usually right around now over the next like week or two when teams start to get serious. Because what happens is all the execs come back from the holidays and everything and talks start to get more serious. They start to really settle in. Okay, you're not really going to try to ask for a first for Josh Richardson, right? Like clearly nobody's going to pay that. What can we really do, right? And so you start to work on trying to get a deal together. Sometimes the negotiations come to fruition like mid-January. That can happen. Other times it gets left lingering out there and then it gets revisited like right before the trade deadline and then suddenly a deal gets done. So really the window for getting a deal done, it's easy to just say, well, it's between now and, and February 9th. Like, yes, that's factually true, but it's really we're looking at Sometime in the next week or so, we'll see discussions start to really progress around the NBA as teams get a real sense for where they're at, where, the, where they aren't at, and what it is that they need. We should see opportunities start to pop up probably in the next week or so and then run all the way through the trade deadline. And we'll see if the Lakers find the right move. Then will they pull the trigger? Parth said, Trev, be honest. You had the found away tweet, huh? Just kidding. Absolute great win. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. When the Lakers lose close games, I usually tweet out something about they found a way to lose the game because it feels like that, right? Usually when we see them lose close games, it's they're up. And then, I mean, you think about a number of games, the Boston game, right? They're up and then they find ways to shoot themselves in the foot, put their opponent back in and they, they lose. So, yeah, that, that is a pretty standard go-to tweet of mine. I did not have it ready. I, I didn't have a lot of faith that they were going to pull it off. I think at the end of the third, I said I'd give them like a 30% chance of actually winning it. But to their credit, they got it done. They got it done. I, I thought Miami was going to come back and catch them for sure. Uh, and I guess they did. But the Lakers' ability to fight back, incredible stuff. Casual said, season high for Dennis Schroeder. I've been calling for him to shine. 32 much-needed points. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, Dennis Schroeder needed this kind of performance, but more than that, the Lakers needed Dennis Schroeder to have this kind of performance, to have him score all of these points. They needed that, and uh, he stepped up big time with, with LeBron out. Carlos Ramirez says, Trevor, besides the fact that you hate Russ, you all right. Well, I guess, thanks. I don't hate Russ. I've been singing his praises all season long about how he's done well coming off of the bench and and all of that and giving him credit for, for coming off the bench and, and taking that. And you know, we, we questioned legitimately in the offseason whether or not he would accept that kind of a role. And he has. And he's done fairly well with it. Um, they, I, I don't hate Russ at all. I want to see the best fit for the Lakers. I want to see um, the Lakers win basketball games. That's it. And if, if Russell Westbrook is the path to winning basketball games, great. If it's trading Russ and getting something else, great. That's that's what I want to see is successful Lakers basketball, regardless of how it is that you get there. I don't hate Russ at all. Um, anyway, JJ Castillo. 
So proud of the Lakers for getting this needed win when they didn't have LeBron. Great performance from Dennis and Bryant. Yeah, okay, let's talk about uh, Thomas Bryant in this game. So Thomas Bryant, and maybe... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... I think Russ goes in the superstar category. So yeah, let, I'm going to have to name this thing, the, the rename this the Thomas Bryant Award, but let's let's uh, let's go ahead and do this. Star in your role. Thomas Bryant, star in your role again. He keeps racking up this award because he keeps being excellent. 21 points, nine boards, one block, nine of 11 shooting. Didn't take a three in this one. Three of three from the free throw line. Now, it's not to say he was perfect. There were moments where Bam Adebayo just shot right over him because he was he was dropped too far into the paint. Bam put up 30 with 13 rebounds, three blocks, two steals. He was a monster, and Thomas Bryant couldn't seem to do anything to slow him down. But as I keep saying, I don't look at Thomas Bryant's lack of rim protection as a knock on Thomas Bryant. It's something you have to be aware of, but that's not why the Lakers got him. Damian Jones was supposed to be the rim protector out of that duo. You got Thomas Bryant to provide you some floor spacing, some speed at the position, just that hustle, the rebounding, all those things. And he's giving you that. So when Thomas Bryant can't protect the rim the way that you'd like to see him or can't battle another big and, and block them at the basket or, or something like that, that again, that's not really what he does. That's not what makes him useful. He's doing the things that makes him useful. And then some, he's finishing baskets uh, at, at the rim. He's finishing very well there. He's giving you a little bit of shooting. He's hustling like crazy. He's one of the fastest centers, I think, in the NBA when you see him run the floor. Thomas Bryant is doing fantastic things for the Lakers. And again, I don't, I still don't think that he is, like I don't look at Thomas Bryant and say, there's your 35 minute a night guy. On a good team, I don't think that's what he is. The Lakers have to use him a lot right now. I think he's a valuable player though. And I think he's somebody that can help. And what I would really love to see is Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis side-by-side. Side. I think they would complement each other pretty well, and I'm interested to see what that would look like when AD gets back. By the way, we did get an injury update on Anthony Davis today that he is running now. Adrian Wojnarowski filled us in. He is running now, and uh, and that's a good step in the progress. Apparently, next step is for him to start jumping. We're getting closer. This doesn't mean he's back tomorrow or anything like that. He's not, but that's a good sign that now he's on the. he's not just in the weight room. He's actually out on the basketball court running. That's great. Uh, this comment says, officiating was booty cheeks tonight. Thankfully, we got the win. Hopefully, Rob finds the right pieces to close out the season with. I was I was not thrilled with the officiating, particularly the one call, and we will talk about that more. But now, if you're the Lakers, again, you want to build off of this. Their schedule ahead is not easy, but I think you need to continue looking for the right piece in a trade because once again, I think this team has shown us enough to say, hey, they're they're close enough here to make something happen. Now, does that mean you go all in and give up both first-round picks in a deal that doesn't net you true needle movers? Probably not. You still have to be careful, right? And so ultimately, if it's one first-round pick and you go get a Kyle Kuzma or something like that, great, right? That, that, that's okay. But I also don't think that moving both of those picks isn't necessarily the correct move just yet, right? In terms of depending on what the return is. If you're moving both picks and you're getting guys that you're comfortable are going to be with you long-term and really move the needle, great. No, no problem there. But if it's, hey, San Antonio says, we'll do Doug McDermott and Josh Richardson 
and we're going to absorb a bunch of Russell Westbrook's contract. And we, but we want both firsts, one pick for the players and one pick for absorbing so much of Russell's contract. Well, no, that's, that's not a move that you're going to do. So I think you still have to be careful with what you're doing if you're the Lakers. But I think that they've done enough to say, hey, it's probably worth at least giving this team a little bit of a shot in the arm just to see what you can do. As long as you try to make sure that the pieces you add right now can be pieces for next summer, uh, can be pieces that you'll have next season and beyond, right? I need to look at this. If I'm Rob Palenka, I'm looking at this as what kind of summer shopping can I do right now, right? Even if it means sacrificing a little bit of my cap space, who can I get now that I can say, this is a player that's going to help us next season too. This will be a little bit of our free agent cap space. We're going to use it right now. And we're going to get somebody who can give us a boost now, but also be part of our team long-term. That's what I'm looking for. Big B said, all heart, baby. Lakers heart. Hashtag Mamba mentality. Big time. Love it. Love it. Rick said, this team has been great ever since LeBron low-key called everyone out. Best win of the year. I've got its second best win behind the Milwaukee game, but I'm not going to quibble over that. This was a very fun one. Great, great moment for this Lakers team and and a big one. I, I hope. You know, the injuries are concerning. I want to find out what happened with Troy Brown, um, what's what this is going to mean for him, because you can, when you have an injury, when you have a lot of guys get hurt, sometimes there's kind of that circle the wagons mentality where a lot of the, the guys who are left standing, they really pick up their games. And that's kind of what we saw tonight. The problem is long-term, that's really tough. Like, let's face it, if you're missing Troy Brown, Lonnie, LeBron, AD, long-term, you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. Like, that's just... Tonight was was absolutely fantastic. And I don't mean to be a downer at all, but it gets missing that much talent becomes a bigger problem the longer period of time that talent is out for. So we still need to wait and hear what's going on with Troy Brown, what's going on uh, with Lonnie with the tendonitis, what's going on there. So those things are going to be important as we kind of figure out what this team's going to do moving forward. But this is a great win that I think you can build off of, at least from a momentum and mentality standpoint. Let's see what else we've got here. Jared said, really glad I watched this one. Dennis is a menace. TB is a quality player. Happy New Year, Lakers Nation. Happy New Year, New Year indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, this is, again, uh, there, I guarantee you, there are a lot of Lakers fans out there who saw no LeBron, no AD, Miami's an eight eight and a half point favorite, no Lonnie Walker even, forget it. I'm not watching this one. 
and they're checking their phones and they're seeing the score and they're going, oh my gosh, I should have watched this game. You just never know what's going to happen in, in a situation like this. Uh, Adam said, TB looking fantastic. Do we think he's played into a starting role? Any bigs in free agency or the market you would want to grab if he starts next to AD? So I think it's worth a shot. I think it's worth a look. Starting Thomas Bryan next to Anthony Davis and see what that looks like. Actually have some size uh, on the floor. I don't know if Darwin's going to do it. They haven't played together much. I went over this on the last show. Um, let me see if I still have it up. I do. I went over this on the last show. Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis together. They've played 29 possessions together, according to Cleaning the Glass. Their differential, I talked about this with Ron Gutterman on yesterday's show. <laughs> Their point differential per 100 possessions is plus 41.4. Now, obviously, that's a small sample size, but that's that's insane. That means per 100 possessions, they're beating their opponent by 41. Again, that do not anticipate that sticking, but because they've only played 29 possessions together all season. But the point is that beyond just the those stats, like the stats say, hey, maybe there's something here. Again, it's it's a tiny sample size, so we can't say anything conclusive, but. On paper, it makes sense too. Like we talked about this during the offseason. On paper, you say, okay, Thomas Bryant can step out and shoot the three. That's a nice feature to have uh, in order to, to maintain space for Anthony Davis in the middle on the offensive end. And then on defense, Thomas Bryant is, is big enough to where he can bang in the paint and, and get some rebounds and do some things like that and maybe take some of the bruising off of AD. So on paper, it makes sense. The stats say it worked in a tiny sample size it's at least enough to explore it further when AD gets back. So I, I definitely think the Lakers need to give that a real serious look. Lakers new big three, Russ, Dennis, and Bryant. Well, that is kind of the by default big three right now for the Lakers. By the way, Russell Westbrook, this game, he had like five, six turnovers really quick. For a little while there, Russ was on quadruple double watch with turnovers. Finished with seven, which like that's a lot of turnovers. But this was a game where going in, I said, you know what? It's Miami. You don't have LeBron. You don't have AD. You're really going to have to just turn Russ loose and just live with the results. He's He might shoot you out of the game. He might shoot you into it. But you don't have a whole lot of attacking options that aren't Russ. So you just kind of have to say, Russ, go do your thing and live with the results. And Russ really cut down on the turnovers in the second half, big time. Finished with 21 points, eight boards, nine assists, three steals. Seven turnovers is not great. Eight for 18 shooting, three of six from the free throw line, two of six from three. He gave the Lakers a boost. He was a plus 12 on the night. He gave the Lakers things that they needed with those guys out. Okay. The turnovers are, are not good, but again, you the Lakers didn't really have much of a choice, but to live with whatever you were going to get out of Russ and you were just going to keep your fingers crossed and hope that Russ having the ball a lot and doing a lot to try to win this game would ultimately get you to where you want to go. And he helped. Uh, Dennis Schroeder wound up having a bigger role than we would have anticipated. But Russell Westbrook was a positive for this Lakers team tonight. And that was great to see. Ivan, with a trade proposal here, said two for one. Would you do Westbrook and one or two firsts for Hayward, PJ, and Ubre? Well, Ubre just got hurt. Um, so I don't know if I would do that with the Hornets Hayward would be off the books with Braun by 2024 um 
I might. The the problem is Hayward's on the books for next year. So it's not it's not like it's just Westbrook and say one first. I don't think I would do two. It's not just Westbrook and one first with for those players. It's Westbrook, your cap space this summer, and a first or two for those players. That's what the trade really is from the Lakers side. Because that's what you're sacrificing. You've also got to sign PJ Washington. So that's a factor too. I like that there's two wings in there and a big. It's not a terrible deal. I'll say that's not terrible. Uh, but I don't know. If it's two first, I'm probably saying no. If it's one, you could probably talk me into it. Because I think PJ Washington's young enough to where it's interesting. Hayward and Oubre aren't the perfect fits, but at least they're both wings. So, yeah. Love Lamar. How the hell do you review that call a thousand times and determine a foul? That, that was beyond me. That I mean, that was... Oh, man. That was brutal. That, that play was brutal. And I, I don't... You know what? Let's just let's do it because I know a lot of you are talking about it. So let's, yeah, Let, let's go ahead and and do this right now. Do it a little bit early. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night for tonight. It's going to the officials. Like the comment says here, how. Do you view that play, Austin Reeves defending, I think it was Oladipo attacking. How do you get to review that play and call it as, they, they not only change it, but change it to a foul on Austin Reeves. Let me paint the picture here. Let me paint the picture. So it's late in the game, and you've got Austin Reeves defending, Oladipo attacking, and... Oladipo runs through Austin Reeves. Sticks out an elbow, right? And, and Austin is backpedaling. This, it's one of, one of my pet peeves in the NBA is when you see a player backpedaling, trying to get away from a guard who's attacking, and that guard just runs into the defensive player and gets a call. It happens way too often, right? It reminds me of like Tony Parker back in the day. Would hurl himself into players routinely, Go back to Dwayne Wade. Now you look today at look at Trey Young and, and James Harden. They get even further into trickery. But it was one of my least favorite types of plays. And then to see Austin hands up, backpedaling, getting away from Oladipo, who's attacking. Oladipo leads with his elbow, elbows Austin, knocks him over, and goes up and shoots. Now Russ comes over and Russ legitimately fouls Oladipo. Goes up over the top of him, puts a hand on his shoulder, fouls Oladipo. Okay, the referees whistle the foul on Russ. Now, we've got Darvin Ham. He challenges. Says, okay, yeah, Russ fouled him, but it's an offensive foul. It was, Before Russ even got into the play, it was an offensive foul on Oladipo. And the referees go and they review it. And we all said, okay, well, this is either going to be, it's either going to be a charge on Oladipo because it clearly was, or or they're going to say, well, we can't, you know, we we can't look at that play, which they can, and they're going to keep the foul on on Russ. No, 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 no. They decided 
It's a foul on Reeves, who's getting away from Oladipo and gets elbowed by Oladipo on his way to the basket and was in illegal guarding position at the time. And somehow, it not only became not a charge, but actually a foul not on Westbrook, who legitimately fouled him, but a foul on Austin Reeves. It was absolutely maddening. How you can look at that play multiple times to have the benefit of replay, to have Darvin Ham challenge that, mind-blowing, that that's the conclusion that you would come to, that somehow Austin Reeves' chest fouled Victor Oladipo's elbow. That's the decision that the referees made, that Austin Reeves, who is trying to get away from contact, who is in a legal guarding position, who has the hand straight up, doesn't swipe at the ball, nothing, gets elbowed in the chest and fouls Oladipo somehow on that play. It's the most master lock worthy play I believe we've seen this season. And absolutely mind-blowing stuff from the officials. And thank goodness it did not cost the Lakers this game because it very well could have. It very well could have. That put Oladipo at the time, at the now Oladipo missed one of the two, but at the time the Lakers had a three-point lead. It was 106-103, Oladipo going to the free throw line to try to make it a uh, a one-point game. That could have very well changed the outcome of this game. Unfortunately, it did not because that was absolutely horrific, unbelievable stuff from that officiating crew. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the worst, biggest mistakes we've seen all season. And to have the benefit of replay and come to that conclusion... I've got no words. I don't even know what to say about that. That's unbelievable. All right. Ivan said, I love AD, but he doesn't show up to work enough. What can we get for him on the trade market? I see his value dropping fast. Ivan, I don't think you're going to get a lot for Anthony Davis right now on the market, or at least not say you're not going to get a lot. You're not going to get value for him right now because he's hurt, right? That's, that's going to be a factor. And then people, that lingering injury concern is going to be there. So I don't think if, if you tried to put AD on the market right now and tried to trade him before February 9th, I don't think you're getting a lot for him. You're not getting what you want. You're not getting anything where it would be worth trading him. Now, is that a discussion the Lakers could have later in the summer? Could they say, well, you know, with an aging LeBron, we really need somebody who can bear that burden whenever LeBron is out, somebody we can count on. Um, we really need that player. And do you then maybe move on from Anthony Davis? Maybe, maybe. I mean, look, there. I've said a number of times, AD... It's not his fault. He's not trying to get hurt. He's not, it's not like he's not doing everything he can to get back onto the floor. It's not like he wasn't living up to expectations this season. He was great. Maybe even better than what we saw in the bubble. He's been tremendous. You can only imagine how frustrated he is. So I don't, I don't blame Anthony Davis, but the fact of the matter is he is, you know, injury prone. He gets hurt a lot, right? Each season this happens. So if you're the Lakers, maybe that's a decision that you ultimately come to, but I don't see it happening this season. This summer? Maybe. Maybe. But it depends on how the rest of the season plays out. Right now, I don't think I don't think it's possible for them to trade him right now and get what they should in, in return for him. All right. Dimes said, I love Russ, but he just isn't worth a max contract. I feel like we should trade him now while his value is somewhat decent. Is it though? I don't know that it is. I think teams around the NBA are still going to ask the Lakers to give up value 
in exchange for getting him off their roster. Now you're not you're not wrong. Um, Russ isn't worth a max contract. I mean, what what would Russ get on the free agent market this summer? What are we expecting him to get? He hasn't been bad, right? He does some good things for you, but is he worth forty seven million? No. But the Lakers also knew you're not getting forty seven million worth of production out of him. Back when they traded for him, even when they had optimism that this was going to work. You're not getting 47 million in production out of him. You knew he was going to be overpaid on this contract. You just didn't know how overpaid he was going to be. So you're not wrong, but I also don't know that there's a team out there saying, you know what? We really would like to have Russ coming off the bench for us and we'd be willing to give up stuff in order to get him. I don't think there's that team out there. Now, there's there might be teams that, like Miami, would probably legitimately, I'm not saying there's a trade, an obvious trade with Miami, but if you were to execute a trade with Miami, like Miami would probably keep him and play him off the bench. I still think we're in a spot where most teams would wind up waving Russ and trying to get him to take a buyout for whatever's left on his contract. Um, they'd try to get that number brought down a little bit. That's probably where we're at. And if that's the case... Teams aren't going to trade for Russ to trade for Russ. They're going to trade for Russ because of his expiring contract. They're going to use him to clear long-term salary, like, say, Terry Rozier. It's multiple years, like three, four years left under contract. Uh, you would trade for Russ in order to get off of that money. Um, you could also trade for Russ as a way to get the Lakers draft capital. That's what teams are going to be asking for. They're not going to trade for him and say, well, he's done okay for the Lakers, so let's give up value to get him. I don't think we've gotten to that point. Maybe it's not quite as bad as it was this last summer. Maybe he's recouped some value, particularly now that the Lakers have paid his contract for a good chunk of the season. So there's even less money owed on it. Maybe it's a little bit better, but I can't say it's enough to where teams are saying, hey, what can we give you for Russ? What, what will you take for Russell Westbrook? I don't think we're at that point. I think teams will still ask for more. Uh, Russ, so Anthony Griffith. So Russ and a first for OG and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, I mean, I would do that. I don't think Toronto would do that, but I would do that. I would do that. All right, let's see what else we've got here. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jared said, do you think there's a chance of OG and Trent? What do you think about D'Angelo Russell? Uh, D'Angelo Russell, we've been there. We've been down that path. Now he is an expiring contract, but 
if you're the Lakers, if you're going to give up assets, I think you you have what you have to do is you have if you're going to give up assets, you have to trade for things that you think are going to be part of the team long term, not just short term, but long term. And I don't know that the Lakers look at D'Angelo Russell and say that's the guy we need with LeBron and with AD. I mean, and again, I I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying I don't know if he's that fit that you want in terms of hey, we want to be the team to pay him on his next contract, right? So that's the question mark with, with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, I mean, sure, if the Raptors decide to blow things up, the challenge is I think they're going to have a lot of suitors after those guys. Really think they will. Really think they will. They're going to have a lot of suitors after them. And so that's going to be the, the tough part is you're going to have to outbid some people. Mamba Life, worried we won't make a trade since we're winning. That's kind of the thing, right? Is people look at the front office and they say, well, no matter what happens, they can make the argument that they're not, that they don't need to make a trade, right? Like if the Lakers are losing, it's, well, clearly this team isn't good enough to save, right? That even if we go make a move, they're not going to win games anyway. So what's the point, right? If they're losing, that's the argument. If they're winning, it's, oh, well, you guys are winning. Everything's good, right? Clearly you've got enough. We don't need to make a trade. So there's, you can make that argument either way. I think winning ultimately gets you closer to a trade because I think that's the stronger argument. The, well, we're so far gone, let's just preserve assets for next summer, right? I think that's the stronger argument that comes with losing. If you're winning games, especially if you're not in the playoffs, you've got LeBron, you've got AD, they're playing at a high level. AD needs to get healthy, of course. I think you've got winning games gives you a stronger argument towards making a trade and a weaker argument against making a trade than losing games does. So I think it's a positive. Jose Ortiz, make a trade before the Kings game schedule gets tough. Yeah, you're not wrong, but I mean, it takes two to tango. What other teams are willing to make a trade right now? We don't know. We don't know who's going to make a trade right now. That's the other thing. And how many teams, like, let's say, I don't know, let's say it's Detroit and you're the Lakers and you'll offer a heavily protected first round pick and Patrick Beverly or something for Bogdanovich. Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, heavily protected first for Bogdanovich. If you're the Detroit Pistons, you can say, okay, well, that's great, but um, maybe we'll take that, but we want to wait until the till February 9th. We'll see if anything better comes along. And if nothing better comes along, we'll do that deal with you. Okay you're the Lakers and you kind of need to get that done sooner rather than later, right? So the problem is, so then the Pistons will say, well, okay, well, if you want it done now, then just give it, just make that first unprotected or make it only top two protected or something like that, right? So that's the thing is that the urgency to get something done sooner is on the Lakers side, not necessarily going to be on the side of the team you're trading with. And so because of that urgency, teams are going to try to use that against you to make you pay more. You want to do it now. You want to make us not wait until the trade deadline. Then you need to give us more. That's the that's going to be how those negotiations play out. So it's easy to say do something now before these games on the schedule because things get tough. You're not wrong, but you've got to get another team to be willing to make a trade and not fleece the Lakers in said trade. That's the challenge. Adam Palmer. What's going on, T-Dog? Thanks for the great content, my brother. Well, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Appreciate all of you coming in here and uh, 
talking a little Lakers basketball with me. This is, uh, again, great, great night for the Lakers. In fact, I, I need to go look at the standings here. Let's see what this does to, to the standings. All right, so Lakers now just a half a game behind the Minnesota Tim Timberwolves, who unfortunately did win. Lakers just half a game behind the Wolves for 11th. They are one game back of the Utah Jazz for the final play-in spot right now. The Lakers have won three in a row now. The Jazz have lost five in a row. The Lakers are two and a half games back of the Warriors for the nine seed. Um, the Lakers, three and a half games. And this is how compact the West is. The Lakers are three and a half games away from just a playoff spot, period. Like no play-in, playoff spot. They are three and a half games behind the Kings and the Clippers for the five and the six seed, respectively. Starting to climb a little bit. Now, again, the schedule gets tough, so we'll see, but at least they've climbed up a bit. Brian says, Russ and an unprotected swap for D'Lo and Prince. It's a Tory and Prince there. Beverly and an unprotected first. Okay, so an unprotected swap, so that could be 2028. D'Lo and Prince. I don't know if I'm doing that, if I'm... If I'm Minnesota, I don't think that's getting you enough. But Beverly and an unprotected first for PJ and Martin. Don't give up much capital, improves the team greatly. I Maybe, I mean, if the Hornets decide, yeah, we're not keeping PJ, okay. Maybe, but I don't think they want to move on from Martin like that either. Like it clears some salary, of course, but, uh, but the unprotected first is still nice. It's the, the Minnesota side. D'Lo and Prince, and, and it's just a swap. I, I don't think that's going to be enough for, for Minnesota. Don't see them doing that. All right. <laughs> Again, this has, been, this has been a great night. This has been a great night for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm so glad that we've got everybody here to, to talk about it and everything. Like we were on playback doing the live play-by-play -play of the game. And that, I mean, that's, it's what it's made for to get to celebrate together and go through the game together. It was so much fun getting to go through that game with everybody together. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got Jim Mercado with a good comment here said, we don't need any more guards. Yeah. I mean, especially with you look at who's been injured for this Lakers team. It's mostly their wings, right? I mean, now Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker, those are your two main wing players that you're going to turn to outside of LeBron and AD and LeBron and AD are out as well. This, this roster is still imbalanced. They have too many guards. They need wings with size. I still think Kyle Kuzma makes a lot of sense. Ironically, uh, if you can get him, if you're willing to pay him, whatever his next contract is going to be, which it's probably going to be 20 million, if not more. But if you're willing to do that, and I would say, I don't think you shouldn't be willing to do that. He would make a lot of sense um, in terms of fitting what it is that the Lakers need. You'd probably have to commit, though, to Kuzma starting with LeBron and AD instead of Kuzma coming off the bench because he made it pretty clear he didn't, he enjoyed not being behind LeBron and AD in Washington. So I think in order to get Kuzma, you'd have to say, hey, whether you want to call LeBron the three or Kuzma the three, it's those two guys plus AD starting, which means AD is at the center spot. Um, and that's what you would have to sell him on is, is that because otherwise I think he probably leaves in free agency. So that's what you have to be careful with there. But if Washington is at that point where they're ready to start making some moves and if they don't think they can keep Kuzma or if they don't want to pay Kuzma what he's going to get on his next deal, he might be attainable. 
that's the one that I'm that I'm interested in. Again, as ironic as it is, the, the Lakers just never replaced him, never replaced his skill set on this roster after they traded him away. Now, will the Lake, I mean, kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit to go back and retrade for Kyle Kuzma, but he'd be interesting. He'd be interesting. Uh, Peanut Butter Badger said, I missed his super chat. I'm going to go back through because I think I did miss a few when I did one of my awards. I will go back through and, and take a look at uh, at some of those and see uh, see if I missed any in here because I may have. I may have. <laughs> Let's see what else we've got going on here. Oh, somebody said if that was AD's ankle when Dennis went down, uh, AD would have been done for 2023 and having surgery on it. I'm, I mean, if that was just about anybody, they would have been out of that game. They would have been out for a while. That was, yeah, that was unbelievable that he was able to do that. Okay, here's some that I did actually miss. Uh, Assad said, I honestly believe Boogie Cousins still has a left, lot left to offer. I can bet my bank account that he's more reliable than DJ. Go get Boogie for free now. Yeah, so as of tomorrow... As of tomorrow, you can sign guys to 10-day contracts. And the Lakers still have an open roster spot. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to going and getting like a Boogie Cousins or someone like that. There's a few players out there that you can go get that you could turn to and just say, hey, can this player be a stopgap for us in the middle and give us another option to turn to? Boogie wouldn't be a bad guy to take a look at, um, but they, can, they could bring in a lot of players. Now that 10-day contracts are going to be available and they have an open roster spot, Again, they waive Matt Ryan. It's that spot is open to potentially help facilitate a trade, but you could go sign somebody to attend day, particularly if you're missing so many players. Mark said Lakers signed Bryant Walker Brown to keep rights. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to use cap space, I think, to do it, unless you can get Troy Brown Jr. If you can get all these guys to take their early bird rights, which gives them a, a small raise over what they're getting right now great but bryant and brown are on veteran minimums they might get more they might get more than that and so that's where you're, you run into a challenge same thing with lonnie walker now if you want to use cap space though to sign them if lakers let's say the lakers don't make a move and they've got 30 million in cap space you could give them each 10 million if you wanted but then you're kind of bringing back the same team so i don't know it, it really depends on what these guys are going to go for on the market if you can get if you can get these guys to take to use early bird rights to maybe do a one or a two-year deal to get them to a two-year deal to get them to full bird rights and say hey we'll take care of you at that point or let us get your early bird rights which will allow them to pay a bit more then we'll take care of you okay but that's going to require a lot of trust on the part of the player to do that so it won't be easy to keep all of these guys they've got on minimum deals if they had bird rights on them great then you'd be in a much better situation but you don't get that with signing these one-year guys. Tony said, can't overlook the defense Dennis played on Hero. Wow, absolutely. Like Dennis was great in this game uh, all over the place. I, I loved what we saw to him. This was a fantastic performance and was exactly what the Lakers needed from Dennis Schroeder in this one. Uh, Ryan Mitchell said, get rid of the picks. Lakers can bring back $71 million in contracts compared to only having $30 million in the offseason. Lakers have most of their future picks now. This is true, and that's one of the concerns, right, is that the Lakers – if you don't do anything right now, yeah, you go into the summer with cap space, but it's not like you have cap space plus contracts to play with. In order to have that cap space, you'd have to renounce your rights to Patrick Beverly, 
to Dennis uh, to uh, to Russell Westbrook. So you don't have these big expiring contracts to trade anymore. So say you want to go trade for, uh, I don't know, Gordon Hayward, right? He's got what, like 18 million, something like that under contract next year, maybe even more. Anyway, whatever he's got under contract, you would have to use your cap space to absorb his deal. That's what it comes down to. So if you don't do a trade right now and you're going to do a trade where you give up picks in the summer, well, you're going to use your cap space in order to facilitate that trade in terms of salary matching. You're going to use your cap space to absorb that contract because you don't have anybody else under contract to send unless you're sending out LeBron or AD or Max Christie, which doesn't offer a lot of salary matching. So you're not wrong. You've got a lot of expiring contracts to potentially send out if you want to pull off a big deal right now. Otherwise, what you can do in the summer is fairly limited because 30 million in cap space, like that's not nothing, but it's not a ton either, especially when you're trying to build out a whole team. Now, if they had nine players under contract and you're just really looking to fill two more spots or something and the rest of your guys are going to be veteran minimums, 30 million is fine. You can definitely do that. But when you're trying to put together a whole team, yeah, it's going to be challenging. So Ryan's not wrong with what he's saying here. Like there's some real benefit to trading your expiring contracts now and turning those into 50 million, 60 million worth of players as long as it's, long as it's 60 million worth of productive players. That's the key there. Uh, North bro said Westbrook was tough on Jimmy Butler. He needs his credit for that. In my opinion. Yeah. The Lakers were having a tough time stopping Jimmy. And part of that is because the Lakers were, you know, they're missing most of your wings. And so Jimmy was really trying to take advantage of uh, his size over a lot of the Lakers guards, but Russ is, is the guy who's strong enough to actually kind of fight with him a bit there. So that was great. Tom uh, mom mentality nickname for Thomas, the Thomas Nader. I don't know. I saw something over on uh, Lakers Reddit. Somebody called him the bulk Mamba because he's, he's kind of, you know, he's strong and, and all that. I kind of like that. thought that was, that was an interesting one, but we'll see. We'll see. It's the kind of thing like nicknames kind of have to be organic. Uh, KM, any deal LA can do with the Pels to undo the pick swap? In theory, sure, you could try to do something, but what would you have to give up? What would you have to give the Pelicans? Because right now, if you're the Pelicans, you're going, hey, we've got a lottery pick. And what if that pick happens to become Victor Wembenyama? Like, what do you have to give up in order to get the Pelicans to pass on that potential opportunity? Now, maybe if the Lakers go win a bunch of games or something, the next thing you know, they're in there solidly as the six or the five seed or something, then maybe the Pelicans are more interested. But then if you're the Lakers, do you really want to give up much if you're not that far from the Pelicans? And again, it would take a big run by the Lakers to do that. But what I'm saying is it would cost a lot, I think, in order to get the Pelicans to give away that pick swap right now. It would cost a lot. So I don't foresee that being something that that happens. If you're the Pelicans and you somehow that that somehow turns into Wembenyama, you're set for a long time with Zion and, and him. Uh, Kevin Durand said, "With the Raptors' struggles, is Pascal Siakam the best option for a trade? I don't know if they can get him. I don't know if they've got enough, even with the picks, to get Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet, and Siakam for Westbrook, Beverly, 2027-2029. OG and Anobi would be too expensive for us. I mean, if you're absorbing." I just, I think Siakam is going to cost more just by himself. I think Siakam costs more than that. Bean, Russ, seven turnovers at half, zero turnovers afterwards. He locked down 
He locked down Butler today. Yeah, look, Russ had a a really good uh, performance in the second half of this game. I, I liked what we saw out of him. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, and it was great. It was great what we saw out of, out of Russ in the second half today. So definitely enjoyed that. <laughs> I've seen more people in the chat that are convinced I must hate L- Russell Westbrook. I do not. I have no ill will towards Russ whatsoever. Uh, David said, great team win. Would love to hear your thoughts on Russ's. If Russ, Russ's contract plus two picks would get us a better fitting player at the trade deadline this year versus 30 million in cap with three picks next summer and who are actually on the market. It, it could, but again, it depends on what you're getting. Who are you able to go get? That's the big question. It's, are you going and getting a 33-year-old DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic is also, what, 33, 32, something like that. Is that your best offer? Is that the best thing you can get? And that's a lot of talent there. Or is there someone else out there that we're not talking about? Is there another option? Is there somebody that's really, really good that you can go get? A star-level player. If you could do that, great. Um, can you get, like, three guys that are all great fits that, as a group, they, they move the needle? Can you do that in terms of just getting three high-level role players? I don't know if that's out there. If it's not, then maybe you consider, hey, another pick this summer, as soon as the, the uh, right now it would be the Pelicans pick, as soon as that becomes a player and not a pick, no longer subject to the Stepien rule and you can trade it. So you have essentially three first round picks to play with this summer on the trade market. But again, it all comes down to what can you get with Russ and those picks? That's going to determine whether or not you're willing to move them. And I know that's a, a simple answer, but that's the truth. Mike E, just a reminder, Rob's trades are how we got here. Yeah, Ron and I talked about that on yesterday's show. The Lakers have made a lot of mistakes. So are we super confident that the next move they make is going to be the one where they get it right and it puts them over the top? And I think that's part of why they're being so careful with things right now. They know there's a, a this is danger zone. If you mess this up, if you make another move and it does not go well, you're in big, big trouble, especially if it's the big move for both picks. You're, I mean, you're dead in the water for a long time if you do that. So you've got to be very careful with this. You've got to get it right. And like Mike is saying, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because it is possible to make this situation worse. And so far, the Lakers have not made great decisions for the last couple of years. So be careful with it. Antoine, Jones, Bev, Nunn, and a first for Boyan and Bay. Yeah, I'd be in- interested in that. I think Sadiq Bay is, is a good player. I think he hit a game winner tonight. But uh, I would be interested in, in something like that. I, I think Sadiq Bay gives you enough young talent to where it's worth potentially moving a, a future first. Dante M, we have enough to win without making a trade. I don't know if I agree with that. LeBron, AD, Schroeder, Westbrook, Troy Brown, uh, Thomas Bryant, Walker, Reeves, Gabriel, who could beat us in a seven-game series? I mean, I think a lot of teams. I think that you're still missing. You're still not balanced as a roster. You still need more wings. still need more shooting. Um and just need more quality across the team. I don't think they've got enough to say, hey, we're good. We don't need to do anything. Mikey said, Lakers are 15-11 and 11 since the terrible 2-10 and 10 start, and that's missing LeBron some games and AD a bunch of games. This team isn't as bad as we think. Yeah, look, the start was awful, and part of that was just unsustainably poor shooting, right, that led to that, that horrific start for the Lakers. So are they better than that? Yes, but that start also dug them in a hole. At some point, those games, the, the record matters. You say, well, 
they're really better than what their record shows. Yeah, but at some point, the, the record is what the record is. And so until you get good enough to fix that, that's the problem is you're, you're fighting this uphill battle now. If you're the Lakers, you're fighting this battle to have your record reflect that you are a better team than what the start that you had suggested. So I would agree that they aren't as bad as people seem to think, but they still have to fix their record. They're not there yet. They still have a ways to go to get there. Uh, Patrick says two picks, uh, Pat Bev and none for Kuzma and Boyan. Is this possible? Uh, no, that's not enough salary going out in order to do something like that. If you were to find some way to get both those guys, it would be, um, it, it would take Russ to be in that deal. Scott Fernandez said, can the Russ complaining stop? He is probably going to be six man of the year. I think he should be. He would be my pick for six man right now for sure. Uh, he cares and plays hard. Dennis was great. Love the show, Trev. Well, thank you, Scott. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the problem for the Lakers with Russ is always going to be that he's not going to give you that 47 million worth of production. Now that is what it is, right? But when you're building out a roster that already has LeBron and AD, you need to maximize that those salary slots. And so you're not doing that with, with Russ on the roster, but he probably is the sixth man of the year right now. Again, he'd be, he'd be my pick. I think that Russ has not been a problem for the Lakers this year. Last summer, we were approaching as though, well, can you play Russ? You probably need to move on from him if you're just going to kind of clear the air around the team. To his credit, Russ has accepted the role off the bench. He's done well. He's fought. He's given this team things that they need. And so I don't think that Russ is a problem to the point where the Lakers should be desperate to move him. I think if something comes along and you need his salary to put into a trade, I actually think you have to be careful that you get back enough playmaking because I think Russ is passing has been really important for the Lakers this year. The shooting's not been great, but his passing, his playmaking has been very important for this team. So you have to be careful because he's not the negative that we saw all too often last season. I think he does give you positive things. And so if you're going to move him, it's got to be for the right deal. It's got to be where you need his salary. I don't think you should be looking to move Russ just to move Russ. I, I don't think there's any reason to do that based on how he's been playing this season. I really think that's that's what it comes down to. And look, Russ, when Russ makes mistakes, they're loud mistakes. That's always going to create reactions, right? When Russ, if he, if it's a turnover, it's a live ball turnover, or he throws it into the first row, right? Those are the things that we see happen. If he misses a shot, he badly misses a shot that maybe he shouldn't take, right? A pull-up jumper with 20 seconds left on the clock or something like that. So those are the types of plays that are going to create reactions. So when we say stop the complaining, well, that, that's always going to be kind of be there when you've got these players that, that one way or another are, are loud in what they do, right? Just like if Russ goes, Russ can go coast to coast and dunk over everybody. And that's going to create a loud reaction that other way. That's just, that's what he is. He's kind of that boomer bust player, um, which is the opposite of a guy like a, like Alex Caruso, like Austin Reeves, like um, a number of when you Gabriel even, right? These guys who do a lot of things that don't always show up on, on the box score. So you don't hear a lot of complaining about them, but you also don't hear a lot of people singing their praises much, maybe as much as they should because they also don't have these crazy highlight reel plays either. So that's something to consider. Mom mentality. Imagine this team with last year's schedule. Last year's schedule was, I mean, it was easy to start and then just got brutal and got brutal. Yeah, if you had this team 
last year, if you had this team last year, then yes, you would, you would be able to, I mean, their record would be much better than what it is right now. If this team had last year's schedule and last year's opponents, Vector Nova said, I hope we retain Thomas Bryant this season. Insane value from him. Also, I hope we don't trade. I'm assuming it's Thomas Bryant. Could be Troy Brown, I guess. Uh, Don't trade the player we get from the pick swap this year. This draft is one of the few ways we can get good wings. And the Lakers uh, scouting department has done a great job finding players late in the draft. So even if the Pelicans are doing well, the Lakers scouting department has routinely found players late in the draft. Now that said, it's hard to argue for you know, not trading your pick when you've got LeBron and AD and you're trying to win right now and all that. But Vector makes a good point. Like one of the ways that you can find wing players like a Max Christie who can very well, very possibly develop into the type of player the Lakers need on the wing is in the draft because paying for those players right now is going to be really expensive. Trying to find a three and D player on the wing, it's going to cost you either a lot in trade or down the road, a lot in free agency money. The way you can get around that is by, finding the player in the draft. Maybe you can do that with your first round pick this year. And again, your scouting department has done a great job year after year of accomplishing that, of finding talent late into the draft. Florin said, Dennis went like Isaiah Thomas in the finals versus the Lakers. I had the exact same thought. It was like, it was like that. I'm obviously much smaller stage, but Dennis Schroeder playing through that ankle injury. It it was definitely shades of Isaiah Thomas. Mario said, Trevor, if you could only sign or trade for one player between Kuzma and Turner, who would it be? Good question. Man, it's close between those two. Very close. I'm probably going to go Turner because I think the overall upside is higher and I'm intrigued with what AD and Turner could look like together. I'm thinking they're going to get fairly similar contracts. If I knew Turner was going to be substantially more expensive, like I knew I could get Turner was going to cost me 25 million per year on his next deal. And Kuzma is going to cost me 20. I'm probably going Kuzma. Like it's that close to me, but I lean Turner. I lean Turner. Even if you can argue Kuzma's skill set is the greater need. I think the upside is higher. Uh, Joel, Joel said, uh, DeRozan can go off for 30 and not make the highlight package. Don't need last year DeRozan. We need the threat that he can do that at any night with LeBron. Uh, LeBron and AD can't. And that, that's one of the benefits of getting DeRozan is you'd be able to get somebody who can night in, night out, um, get you a bucket when LeBron's off the floor. I mean, that's the reason why they went and got Westbrook initially too, was to run the team when LeBron's off the floor. DeRozan could potentially do that for you as well, just in a different way uh, with his mid-range game. Uh, Marjan said... We've said this team is different from last year's all year. Tonight's win proves it. Oh, yeah. Oh, last last year's team is folding in the third quarter and going home. Right? La- last year's team definitely does not win this game. Uh, Le- LeBron has been playing MVP. AD now doing on-court work. We have to invest in this year. Uh, again, I-, I for sure would think that it's worth exploring win-now options if you're the Lakers. Jason Sutton. This was an impressive win. No AD, no LeBron. Troy Brown goes out and they still pull it off. Shout out to Thomas Bryant too. Maybe Ham can use Thomas Bryant to take the load off AD if he does return. Yeah, agreed. If you can do that, uh, if you can do that, great. If you can use Thomas Bryant side by side with AD, I think it is 100% worth giving a look at. Peanut Butter Badger. 
Awesome win. How about Russ and a pick for Kuzma and role players? Thoughts on that? Depends on who the role players are. I think skill set wise, it's not a bad idea trading a guard for a wing in general, but that's a big gap in salary. Russ is making 47 million. Kuzma's at 13. That's a lot of role players that you got to put in there. So that's where the details become important in that situation. So who is it that's going in there? That's the question, right? Jay Aquino said, that's tough. Yeah, let's go, Dennis Schroeder. That is tough indeed. All right, we're going to do a couple more here. Jay Delgado, at this point, I think Palinka will try some random player in a 10-day, try the buyout market later. He might. He might. Um, the buyout market, typically, I got asked this question earlier today, the buyout market tends to heat up after the trade deadline because teams don't want to buy out a player if there's a chance they could use that contract in a trade down the line. So once the trade deadline is passed, that's when teams start to get serious about looking at the buyout market and potentially doing a deal there. Until then, though, teams aren't going to look at buying out players and they're going to do everything they can to suppress the buyout market. Why? Because nobody's going to trade for a player that they believe is going to get bought out and you're going to wind up um, and you're going to wind up being able to get that player without having to give up any assets, right? So the buyout market isn't going to become a thing for a, a few months, right? That's when it's going to really heat up. Well, I guess what? Six weeks or so. After the trade deadline, then we'll start talking about the buyout market. And that's where that'll start coming around. But Palinka, um, he could. I, I still think they need to explore the trade market and do everything they can to see what they can get. All right, everybody. Let's call it there. Extra long show, went into overtime. We're at an hour and 15 minute mark. But I was fired up after this game. This, I mean, what a great night for the Lakers. What a great night for the Lakers fans, for the Lakers nation. Thank you all for, for coming in here, for joining me. Truly appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Make sure you're also subscribing to the, uh, the Lakers Nation podcast over on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And <laughs> people ask me to go longer on here. I'm getting tired. I've been out here for an hour and 15 minutes. But uh, again, Thank you, everybody, for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow with more Lakers content on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Till next time, everybody. What a win. What a night. See ya. Stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.